Hello and welcome back to another episode of Otaku Susume, or Recommendations from My Otaku Spouse. I'm Wesley. And I'm Jen. So let's get started. We're here today with another recommendation from me to Jen. And it's a manga. And it's a romance. Whee! What a surprise. With lesbians. Yay! Oh, what? A what? Oh, who? Lasagna? So I read this a while back and recommended it to Jen, and she never read it. And then. I just didn't get around to it. And she never read it. There's a difference. And then the uh, OVA, I guess, came out for it. I think it's technically classified as a movie. It's about. Oh, wait, I get. It's It's about an an hour long. It's an hour long. It's a single episode. I'm going to call it an OVA. Okay. Um, That came out, and that finally convinced Jen to read it, and we also watched the OVA. Yes, we because did. Because we could. Yep. And what we're talking about is Asagao to Kase-san, or Kase-san and Morning Glories, I think is what they're calling it in English. Yes, they are. And the first four volumes all have different names, Kase-san and Bento, Kase-san and Sakura. Uh, well, the second one's uh, Obento to Kase-san. That's the what, third yeah. one is Shoto Keiki to Kase-san. Oh, I forgot that one. But the last and one the is Sakura. Because Sakura. Yeah. that's when they graduate. And you graduate in Sakura season. Well, that makes sense. Start school in Sakura season. And then there's a whole technical continuation called Kase-san to Yamada, which talks about them in college, but Jen hasn't read that yet. No. Wouldn't it be Yamada to Kase-san? Because it seems to be Kase-san's at the end. Well, yeah, that's how it is in Japanese, but in English they keep putting Kase-san first, so I don't yeah. know how they do the new one. But if they did it in English, it would be Kase-san and Yamada, not Kase-san to Yamada. I don't know what they're doing then. Well... Well, that's a good thing, because we're talking about the Japanese one anyway. Very well. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so you finally got around to reading it? Yes. Well, I got around to reading the first two volumes, because I bought a volume from the store, and I was like, I'm finally going to read this. And then I was confused, because... Oh, it, you bought the wrong one. Because I bought the wrong one. Yeah. Because, because they don't have numbers on them. The university spinoff does. The university spinoff does, but the first... The, the the original series does not have numbers, so I was very confused and I picked off the I picked up the fourth volume and then went back and picked up the first two volumes and now I'm missing volume three. So I've only read the first two volumes. Okay. Plus seeing the OVA. Plus seeing the OVA. Which is more or less hitting the high spots of the first four volumes. Ish. Kind of. Yeah. It, you uh, what, do we do we want to talk about the OVA first or do we want to talk about the manga first and talk the uh, talk about the OVA? I guess let's talk about the manga first. Okay. So I really like this. Okay. Thank you for recommending it to me because I like lesbians and I like cute relationships and the art's really cute and the characters are really cute and it's just such a cute manga to read. I was like, oh, it's so cute. The art is really good. Um, Your comment about lesbians is actually one of my complaints about the manga. What? Why? Because I feel they're like almost lesbians in name only. The author wanted to write something for Yuri magazine or was contracted to write something for Yuri magazine, but then went and made one of the characters your stereotypical shoujo girly girl who has every girlish quality about her, and then gave the other one all the stereotypical boy traits. And there's no crossover whatsoever. Mm. You could change Kase-san to a boy, and the only difference is you wouldn't have the occasional reference from Yamada going, but this is forbidden love. That's the only difference that would change. I mean, she doesn't ever say this is forbidden love. She just goes, oh, I've fallen in love with this person. It just happens to be another girl. Doesn't she? She's like, we can't tell people or we have to keep it hidden or something like that? No. Uh, I thought there was something about that. No, they never oh. mentioned that at all. I, do, I think that in a way makes this story 
better for me because so many Yuri manga have them kind of tiptoeing all they won't they it's forbidden love and we're both girls and you can't have that kind of relationships and so they never really go anywhere or they're just incredibly slow paced whereas this one was pretty much I think what I really like about it is it's about their relationship not about them getting into the relationship oh no i agree that's good so it's similar like to um, my love story yes Monogatari, yeah where it's just like ah just the two of them working things out i really like yeah skip over the will they won't they because there's a million manga about that mm-hmm. and just get into the what are relationships like well also the in the second volume they go to a hot spring and one great thing about that was um, Yamada was saying it was the first time she's ever seen Kase-san naked and so she got really bashful and really self-conscious of her own body and I don't think that would have happened if uh, Kase-san was a guy well they're on a school trip yes and so if Kase-san was a guy they wouldn't have been in the same bath yes exactly I know I just I just feel like yeah okay they use gendered stereotypes for the quote-unquote male and female roles but I feel like it's like they feel like real people like it's different enough that even if they the author you pulled from stereotypes it's not too obvious i don't know i know i'm the point i'm trying to make is <laughs> no, i mean that's fine i just thought that i didn't get the feeling that kasesan was a guy well that's because they keep drawing her boobs she's got pretty big boobs as well <laughs> <laughs> even though she's in the running club the track and field club what you're saying track and field people can't have boobs well i'm just saying that she's incredibly skinny anyway i really like them i really like the characters i do get the impression that this was supposed to be a one-off and then it succeeded so the manga car was like oh i have to make more volumes which would explain why they don't have numbered volumes yeah i guess we have to look into that um it they all showed up in the same magazine magazine (laughs) magazine the same magazine to start with um and i don't know if it was just kind of something later like oh we should stick this into volumes or how that worked out but it is definitely off-putting to the new reader and that unless you already know how to read it you're going to read it out of order yes which is annoying which is what i did almost yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did want notice one thing is that the mangaka's artwork changes as you progress through the volumes like i wonder if this is probably one of their first works because when you look at the first two volumes after watching the anime the art style is very slightly different yeah it changes a bit over them it's not as drastic as some i've seen mm. and i do know that the author went back and redrew certain chapters oh, really? when it came out in the release format they were different from what was in the magazine um i don't know why maybe they just felt like because I, I knew a couple of online artists do that kind of thing um like uh artists will get uh what are they called webcomic artists will get featured and they'll go back and redraw a bunch of stuff because the art's improved a lot and it's sort of inconsistent which i think is totally fair um you know a lot of times authors will go in and add omake bonus comics at the end or um add especially in shoujo manga there's a common thing to put advertisements like in line with a comic mm. so sometimes when you get the tankoban version those will now have been stripped out of course and they'll replace them with little sketches and such you don't get that in this one but it's still something that i've seen before so an artist going back to change things isn't a massive mm-hmm. new thing i guess so what was it about this manga that jumped out at you that made you go oh i like this i think Jenna like this i mean by and large you know me and my romance manga mm-hmm. i like cute romance manga 
and the fact that it was another one. I think I started reading about the same time as when I was reading Odemonogatari. Uh, so it kind of is similar in the theme to that and that it's two people figuring out how a relationship works as opposed to, can we even be in one? I like her. Do they like me? I like him. Does he like me? And then we're going to dance around it for 20 volumes. <laughs> um, so the fact that I didn't have to deal with that was nice. Like most cute romance manga, I recommend it to everyone I know. Um, and you're someone I know, so I recommended it to you. What? <laughs> Knowing that you never read any of my recommendations, I thought that I might be able to swing this a little bit more with the uh, LGB aspect of it. Uh, you mean LGBT? I guess, except for those ones are all sexual related and trans isn't. No, I don't think the others are sexual related either, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I don't know, that, that was kind of what pushed me to talk about it. There was also, I think, when it, when I was first reading it, it also made the rounds on, or just after I read it, I don't know, it made the rounds on some different like anime and manga review sites, and there was one of those that I took umbrage with. Uh, so that was another one that I was like, you should read this so we could talk about it. But then that was a while back. Not not to name any names, but there was an anime manga review site that just likes to rip on things and act all high and mighty. Uh, and when it came wait, to, which one? Because there are a bajillion of those. Yeah, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but then when it came to this manga, they just had nothing but glowing praise for it. And I think it was because of the lesbian representation. Oh, I and think I, I was, know which one you're talking about. And I was like, that's really weird. Because if this was not a lesbian manga and had a heterosexual couple, and the male stereotyped half of the couple tried to trick the other one into going to a love hotel, I think you'd be really, really ripping it apart and calling it rape apology. But you're not doing that because they're lesbians. That's confusing. So Spoilers, I haven't got to that bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Well, also the fact that I noticed that they, which I think is true in an, in an actual relationship, is that they ogle each other. But that's male gaze. Es but especially Yamada ogles Kase-san a lot. And it's really cute when she does. But isn't that male gaze and we're supposed to demonize that? <laughs> no, because this is for... I feel like this is written for girls because it's... Romance. No, no, but women don't have those types of fantasies. <laughs> women totally have those types of fantasies. I'm just saying what <laughs> like, I read over and over on these review sites. And I'm always like, that seems a little bit... Hypocritical. Like you're being super hypocritical. Yeah. I know which, which review site you're talking about. They have been super hypocritical in the past. I'm not naming any names. But... Yeah, so there was a couple <laughs> things like that yeah. when I was first reading it. I'm like, you know what? It is a cute manga, but if you can't recognize, to use the term of the kids, problematic faves, you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah, I mean, and you're just devaluing the rest of your quote unquote journalism because no one's going to trust anything you have to say. Unfortunately, that's the problem I have with um, Citrus. Is that what it's called? Citrus? Yeah, I think so. I just, I, I cannot stand it. Just the, it's not a fuzzy, romance relationship it's a i'm gonna assault this other girl relationship and it because my teacher assaults me and it's like oh that's just that's all kinds of wrong i don't care if they're both lesbians that's just nope it's and it's something you see show up a lot of the time in bl manga yeah and yuri manga it's but it problem. gets a pass because it's lgbt representation so yeah. that's good isn't it because and that, that, that in itself is prob problematic because it first creates this image that people who are LGBT do that kind of stuff. Which, I mean, people do. People I'm not do. Saying people everyone, do. I'm not saying everyone does, but if you're going to say people do it, then you have to say that LGBT people do yes. it as well. 
but the the image created is that only these people do it, which is bad. Plus, just assault anyway is bad no matter who does it, and it just creates a whole bunch of problems. So using that as I mean, this is actually a discussion that I had in the Fujoshi Trash Talk uh, episode recently, where it's just is inc- assault is incredibly problematic, and putting it as a catalyst for two of your characters getting together is not healthy. It's not good. And it just completely ruins a manga or a story for me. It, and it's weird in that it's such a common thing. Yeah. Like, I know. It's like, where did this trope come from? Why are people not dropping it already? But it's usually a common thing. Like, it's weird. When you're looking at heterosexual manga, just basically, you get your standard harem hijinks. Where I fell over, I fell over Guy again. walks in on a girl, girl walks in on a guy, someone falls over on someone else, someone's yeah. groped, this or that, which is sexual assault. But whenever you get it in something like a BL manga or half the time in a Yuri manga, more so in BL than Yuri, I tend to find, it's not just so much hijinks as it is like we're going to accurately portray yeah. assault. But that means it's romantic. And I'm like, that's yeah, that's not that's, romantic. No, no that's, that's, that's problematic. <laughs> mm. I mean, I would honestly rather have the shonen harem hijinks played off for a laugh in a panel than what you get a lot of times in BL and Yuri manga. Yeah. It's it's the it's the uh, Twilight problem. Like, you can't have somebody I mean, stalking... Twilight's got all sorts of problems anyway, because he's a thousand years old trying to pick up high school tales. Exactly, but that was the thing, was that the whole stalking and breaking into her room and watching her while she slept, slept was displayed as romantic, whereas other people were like, no, no, that's not romantic. That's problematic. Especially when he's an adult. Yep. Just because you don't look like an adult doesn't mean it's okay to go around chasing children. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so let's get back to Kase-san. Kazi-san doesn't have any of those issues, and I love it for that. I love it so much. Except you said that they invite them to a love hotel, so I guess I have to read that bit. But the first two volumes I really loved. <laughs> well, it also kind of then goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where they put all the male attributes on Kase-san. Because every time the relationship progresses, it's always Kase-san doing the pushing. Is it? I mean, I get the feeling when that Yamada-san told. is pretty... Yamada-san is receptive, but she's she's your perfect shoujo girl, so she's completely naive about a lot of this stuff. No, no, no. When they're in, like, for instance, when they're in Yamada's bedroom, like, yes. when she says, oh, do you want to come over to my bedroom? My parents aren't home. And Kase-san's instantly like, oh, boy, here's my big chance. Yes. And then she shows up, and Yamada's like, I've made tea, and look how cute this is, and you brought cakes, let me go get that. And Kase-san's like, I totally mis- misread the mood. I thought something more was going to happen. Maybe it still will if I push it. I feel like that might be because Kase-san is experienced. I mean, her Yamada's friend mentions that Kase-san's had a n- number of girlfriends in the past. Yeah. And so I feel like because Kase-san has this experience, that's why she has these other expectations and Yamada's never been with anybody before. Kase-san's her first partner. But I so... think that's also pushing the stereotypes I was talking about. Well, that she's very masculine and she basically plays a male role. Yeah. And that in a manga, if someone's going to have multiple partners that the reader base isn't going to get upset about, it's the male character. True. And, like, there was the famous incident when uh, Kanagi was out and it was revealed that one of the characters had had a boyfriend before. 
Oh, and yeah. people were just tearing up their books and burning them and throwing them away and doing all sorts of things about that because this one female character was in a relationship before. Yikes. They didn't say anything else about it, just she was in a relationship before. People got really upset. And people got really upset. I don't know. I feel like it's more realistic. I'm not saying it's not realistic. I'm just saying that. I mean, the idea that Kathison had her expectations are different because she's had experience. I didn't read her as a mask. Gulin pretending to be female character. Oh, I didn't read her as pretending to be female. No, but like, yeah, I can I can see where the the stereotypical masking traits come from. I still feel like Hasisan's quite feminine in ways. I can't draw in any examples. I don't know. I just I just think that uh, that analogy just bothers me for some reason. Fair enough. But I just, I can... That's that's just the image that I kept getting as it went on, and I feel that as the volumes go on, it just continues that way. Mm. Like. There's a scene when you, if you continue reading, and I think you should. I think they're oh, good. Yeah, I'm That's why I recommended to. it. But we can't, we can't leave our apartment right now because we're on COVID lockdown. So everyone's on COVID lockdown. <laughs> we so can't maybe, go hey, to we'll the get more shop. people listening. <laughs> Probably not. But like for, when you get to the volumes where they're in university, there's a drinking party that um, I think also really plays it up. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to give more information. But. but then again, I guess, is that a bad thing that. I just think it's lazy. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't, think it, didn't say it was a bad thing. I just think it's lazy. Instead of exploring something that might be a little bit different, they wrote a romance where you've got your masculine character and feminine character. Mm. And the, in this case, your masculine character is female. So it's female-female, and you're getting a Yuri relationship out of it. But in the, at the end of the day, you've written a masculine-feminine relationship. I guess also one of the things is that I know lesbians who are very similar to Kase-san. So I think that's probably why I have a problem with thinking of her as sort of living up to the male stereotypes because I know people who are like that and it's not that they live up to male stereotypes, they're their own people. I'm not saying they're not, but traditionally that style of lesbian would be called butch. Mm, yeah, but Kase-san isn't butch and neither are the people I know, so it's like, ah. I, I know that where that stereotype comes from and I think that's also a bad also, I mean, I think the problem with that kind of stereotype is also it's seen as negative. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Okay. I think maybe that's just my impression from the 90s because you get people who use butch as an insult. Oh, no, I figured that was just, from what I've heard, that's just a term that's used nowadays. Now, again, it could be entirely different people use terms in different ways. Mm. Like whether or not queer is an accepted term seems to depend entirely on the individual. That's true. So it could be different crowds and different things like that, but... Yeah, I guess in a way it's a shame that the author didn't explore... Ah, but it's just so cute. No, I'm not saying... Just... I mean, again, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just thinking that with everything out there that could have been done, even if they... I just feel from my read on it, there was mm. nothing, to use the word, traditional feminine about Kase-san, whereas Yamada is entirely traditional feminine. There's nothing masculine about Yamada. Mm. Her hobby is gardening. She's always wearing frilly clothes. She likes to cook. There, there's this one scene where um, she imagines Kasesan naked, and she's like, "Ah, I'm so perverted." I thought that was really cute. <laughs> and that's not really your te- stereotypical something that a, a heroine for a shoujo would do. I guess actually, um, oh no, wait, is her name Yamada as well in my love story? Yamada. Skida. Yeah, it is. It's your mother again. It might, it might be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even and she's actually very stereotypical girly, but she also has she also mentions at one point in my love story how she 
you know, wants to do more things with <laughs> Goro, like kiss him. And I'm not prim. I'm not proper. I want to hold his hand and kiss him. Exactly. Uh, good times. <laughs> I hope this isn't the same Yama, though. That would be really... That would suck. <laughs> no, they're, they're completely different. But they're not completely different. Now that you pointed it out, it's like, oh, no, these are exactly the same character type with exactly the same name. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I think they're cute. But I think that Goda could beat Kase in judo, and Kase could beat Goda on the track. Yes. Well, they so, have their own sport. Exactly. Uh, the male character is always good at sport. Mm-hmm. Except in uh, Tomo-chan is a girl. The, the girl. male character is good at sport in that one, too. He, he is, but Tomo-chan's better than him at sport. That's true. I think that's also probably why I like that series, among other reasons. I mean, Tom Chan is a girl. It's a great series anyway. Yes. But we're getting off the subject. We are getting horribly off the subject. <laughs> How about the anime? The anime exists. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the anime is an hour-long episode that sits there and it hits the highlights of the manga. I think you said earlier it hits the highlights of the first four, four volumes, but I think actually it hits the highlights of volumes two, three, and four, even though the anime is called Asagao Tokase-san. They hit because don't they don't they do some of the big scenes from the first one like no. when they're standing on the roof and she's like this is where I used to stand and watch you that's in volume two because I just read it volume one volume one is shown in a flashback for about the first five minutes and then the rest of it's the highlights from the rest like when they go to Okinawa which annoyed me because I thought that the pacing was really off in the anime yeah because it just it's an hour long but it feels longer because it's slow yes and it doesn't like i know they're trying to go for relaxed cute sparkly whatever which the manga does as well but i feel the manga does better now with the manga i can read at my own pace so i'm not gonna sit there just dragging over a single scene that might be a splash page in the manga and they now have to linger on in the anime but if you're gonna take that much time doing it it just it felt slow. There's movies and anime and things that I watch, and you get to the end of it, and you're like, hold up, where'd the time go? But the, I, this was not one of them for me. No, I agree. It did. I was checking the clock every now and again, <laughs> being like, how long do we have left? Yeah, the, the pacing was just off. And it, it's as I said, they kind of like dip their tone and skim the highlights. And I felt maybe if you'd just put more in from the volume, yeah, that I did could fill like it up. They cut a lot out. While also not cutting a lot out. Yeah, they want to get from point to point to point. So they put in the bits they need to get from point to point to point. But at the same time, because they just spend so much time lingering on other bits, it's like you could you could put in more in there. You could show more interaction. Mm. It, I mean, there's a scene when they're at a bus stop and Yamada decides not to get on the bus because she wants to spend more time with Kase. Spoilers. Except not really because there's no lead in and no like resolution to this. It's just showing them at a bus stop from seven different angles as the sun goes down. And so what? I guess what does this that, do? What that, does this mean? I think that scene builds up to Kase-san running back and kissing her underneath the bus stop. No, that's one, that's one of the... I'm including that in my seven angles. Oh, okay. Is that... But it, that, that's it's, what it's building up for. It's building up the tension, even though there isn't actually any tension that they build. I think they're trying that, to build tension. That's the problem. Is it's a vignette, but you've got no build up so the payoff doesn't mean anything mm. if you don't have build up the payoff doesn't mean anything and if you don't have resolution what's the point 
Oh, just like sex. <sighs> yes, but it's it just... <laughs> so, and I think that was my problem with this, is that it's a series of vignettes that don't tell the story. Read the manga to get the story. Yeah, I, I do and, think the manga is way better than the anime was, but the anime is a good introduction to make people go read the manga. I guess. Maybe. Mm, I, I just... I don't know. It, for me, like if I was on the fence about reading this and I saw the anime, I'd be like, oh my goodness, this is boring and I wouldn't bother. Because I've read enough slow shoujo that don't seem to go anywhere That's that true. if you show me this, I'm going to be like, uh, um, like Kimi Total. Okay. The first season of the anime does a good job at telling the story and introducing characters and keeping things moving along and doing all this. And it's great. And there's a couple of scenes, I think, like at the beginning when she's sitting near the flower bed and runs into him on the way to school where it kind of does the same over lingering to be like just so you know you're watching a shoujo here but when they're actually telling the story you've got enough characters enough action and enough beats that it moves along pretty well the reason why i don't read kimini todeke anymore is because it just got bogged down in the a the will they won't they which i hate but also in the we're just going to sit here and linger on these scenes that are supposed to be cute and moving but in a manga that doesn't really work and it just doesn't matter anymore because there's nothing's happening. There's no resolution to it. And so that was my problem with the anime. I guess, can you have a resolution for a romance if they're already together? Yeah, because you can show how the romance changes. You can show how the relationship changes. You can show how the people change. You can show how it affects her life. The manga works. The manga works, but the anime didn't show anything. The Yamada at the end of the hour is the same as the Yamada at the beginning of the hour. If you told me, uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I 100% think that the Yamada at the beginning of the anime would have done what the Yamada at the end of the anime ends up doing. You mean manga? No. Okay. I'm supposed to go about the anime. Okay. I think in the manga, the Yamada who does what happens at the end of the anime has shown to have changed to reach the point where she can do that. Uh, but in the anime, I didn't get that feeling. Yeah. I guess it, it wasn't... Maybe it could have been an hour and a half and then included a lot more of the... Or maybe they could have just done a much better job at pacing. Yeah, I think it's just a pacing issue. We also had another problem with the anime. <laughs> I think also it's, it's part of what you were saying, though, is that they use the first volume as a five-minute flashback, mm-hmm. but part of what's in the first volume is a much more uncertain Yamada who grows more certain of herself and her standing with Kase-san. I mean, the manga is her coming to terms with who she is and her relationship, which empowers her to do things. And the anime was like, well, we just want to show cute vignettes of lesbians, so screw the rest of it. I still think the anime was cute. I don't think I'm going to rewatch it, it sure, anytime man. soon, but... Yeah, I guess it just didn't blow me away mm. like it could have. So you said there was another problem with the anime? There was another problem with the anime. Specifically, the Blu-ray that we got was the international version released by Sentai Filmworks. Yes. And I think one of the problems that we're both finding, I don't know if it's a problem, but one of the things we we both have realized recently is we watch anime in Japanese and then we think, oh... This is like we actually say to each other while we're watching anime, this is how they translate that line. Oh, this is how they should translate the line this way. And we have a lot of fun with that. And so this is the first time in a while we've watched um, a Blu-ray with English subtitles, which is this disgusting yellow color, but that's besides the point. Hey, I thought that was a fun throwback. <laughs> um, Made me think of like late 90s, early 2000s. That's why they're disgusting. Oh, it was great. Bright <laughs> but- yellow, black outlines. So we're watching it in Japanese, we're reading the subtitles, and there are a number of times where we both went, this is not a good translation. It was just stilted. Yeah. There's a lot of it where the translation's not wrong, it's just people don't say that to each other. Yeah. People don't say that, or there's no characterization. You might read it in a textbook, 
But if there's one thing you learn quick about learning another language is that how people talk in textbooks is how people talk in real life. Yeah. It was a very by the numbers, unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And, and it was disappointing, I think. And I, yeah, it was, it was definitely disappointing. And I know that there's a lot of, when we brought it up on here before, there's a lot of talk about the difference between translation and localization, but making human sound human is a big part of translation is yeah that that's that should never be a complaint anywhere if you have two people talking they should sound like two people talking yeah not like robots i mean yeah it's we say things in english that people in japanese don't say and people say things in japanese that people in english don't say and so sometimes you have to take an allowance with that but it's going to make it sound natural because at the end of the day this is two high school girls talking to each other mm-hmm. and they should sound like two high school girls talking to each other well, they should read like two high school girls talking. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And I think that was that was a yeah. I think our biggest disappointment, or at least my biggest disappointment, by the anime was the translation. Unfortunately, there's not really much anyone can do about that if they want to, you know, buy the official version, which they should. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, it's weird actually because like on a streaming service, they could do something about that. You and I found that one of uh, the manga that we worked on had a stealth edit on the digital release. Yeah. And we were both really surprised. We went, wait, what? Because we saw the digital release and we ran over so and grabbed our- You can our, do that? <laughs> we ran over and grabbed our hard copy from the shelf and we're like, it, it was really weird because it was a translation that we'd made that an editor somewhere had changed. And so we got the hard volume of the book and went, why did they change this? This is horrible. And then we saw a screenshot someone had put up on Twitter- that had our translation again, and we went, hold up, and we grabbed our book, and sure enough, it had the editor change translation, so somehow the digital release got stealth edited, which is really weird. So you can do that with digital releases, but as soon as you've got a press disc in your hand, you don't have that option anymore. It's not like a video game where you can patch it after release. With how Blu-ray players are now, you might be able to, who knows, but... But that would be really weird, patching movies, because you need to update the translation. They patched cats while it was in theaters. Yeah, but that's cats. That's a special case. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's, it was a pretty special movie from the sounds of it. True. Um, the other thing that got to me, which it irritated me because it's a, you can pay, you can take anyone on the credits list and pay them for an additional half hour of their time, is that some of the subtitles were mistimed. Oh, God, no, that, that bothered me so much it, that it was completely out of whack. It just... It wasn't completely. There was, well, it was enough but to. P- it was noticeable, though. It was noticeable. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where someone needs to sit down and watch the finished product or read the finished product before it goes to print or before it gets pressed onto DVD. Just because you can catch these types of things yeah. and it makes it look unprofessional and it makes it look slapdash and it reflects poorly on everyone who worked on it. Yeah. I mean, you and I are both translators and whenever we see one of our finished products with mistakes in it or with anything like that, somebody else is introduced. I mean, I've had people call me out as a translator for things in my translations that weren't my translation. It was a later change, but because my name is under translator, you get the I get thing. the flack for yeah. it. Yeah. And so I know that the timing of subtitles is not the translator's job. Usually, I'm sure some company out there makes a translator does the timing as well just because they're trying to save money and it's an interesting world we work in as freelance translators. But um, I know that wasn't the translator's fault, but someone needs to sit down and watch it and be like, oh, 
this subtitle's hanging around on screen too long, this subtitle doesn't show up right, or when this subtitle shows up, because you have two characters talking over each other, you erase the first one even though they're still talking. Yeah. And so there's just there's little things like that that just please, please. I guess what they need is somebody who isn't involved in the translation or the original timing to then go in and do a quick quality assurance check afterwards. But again, most companies are pretty cheap. And I know that the the person who translated that is works for the company and is also a project manager, among other things. So I imagine this person had a lot of other things on their plate. So translation that's, was not a high priority. That's fair possibly. enough. Just, just, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. I was talking to a friend of ours a while back who was saying that when they do translation, they just, they don't do any localization at all. And that was because the the company they work for has an entire separate team mm-hmm. of just creative writers. And they're given the translation and said, do what you want with it, more or less, just to turn yeah, it there's, from... There's still a little back and forth between no, the translations. There is, there is, 100%. But it just, they get someone who doesn't have that same level of attachment to go over it. Mm. To be like, you know, because what makes sense to someone who knows everything about it and what makes sense to someone who's coming into it fresh? Mm. And you always want to make sure you're catering to that second crowd in almost anything. Mm-hmm. And get your subtitled timings right, please. <laughs> it's kind of like poor lettering for manga. Like if you get it wrong, it, it can really throw off an entire book. Lettering's not important. You don't need to credit the letterers. I, I, I'm glad I know you're being sarcastic, but just to clarify, Wes is being sarcastic here because there was a whole thing recently about this. And if he were serious, don't worry, I would slap him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's like, it's weird because you know that people in the community have had to read bad, bad fan subs of manga. You mean bad translations? Fan translations. Yeah. Whatever they're called. Probably bad fan subs too, but mm-hmm. you know people have had to deal with that where you've got some horrible Xeroxed copy that's disgusting and gross and people just it like It just has slap. these white squares in the middle of the and speech pe- mark. And people just slap paint text on it and it's just horrible. And yeah, it works, I guess, but it's it, it's a visual media, folks, which means that everything visual goes into the final product, which includes the words you're reading. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to see the words. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so I wonder. Yeah, I actually wonder how the uh, English for the manga turned out. I wonder if that's one worth picking up and reading, having adding to our bookshelves because I like the series. And if there's a series I really like, I do like to get the English as well as the Japanese uh, to compare. I don't know who worked on the English version though. I think that was published by Seven Seas. I have no idea. I feel like it might be Seven Seas, but I could be wrong. I'll put a link. In the show notes. Yeah. We'll to to the official releases of the manga and the anime. So, um, yeah, I guess my final review is definitely go read it. Mm-hmm. But just be aware that it's okay to critique things you like. <laughs> it is. And I mean, I at the end of the day, I did enjoy the anime. I'm glad we got it on Blu-ray. I probably wouldn't watch it again anytime soon, but I could see myself watching it again in the future. And I highly enjoy the manga and i want to i want to get the rest of this version plus the university sequel yes and i'm really looking forward to reading those good after i read everything else <laughs> and after we're allowed out of, out of our house true enough so going forward i will try to recommend you something that's not a romance manga because i realize you I'm can pigeon- do that i realize i'm pigeonholing myself a bit here 
Yeah, but... But I just really no, like romance manga. <laughs> you've also recommended... Uh, actually, it's either romance or giant robot. Yeah. Gundam, Majinga. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if you recommend something that's not one of those two things. I... What? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out in our next episode of Otafu Susume. Or recommendations from my Taku spouse. I'm Jen. I'm Wes, and you can find us online at AnnaBrosCreative.com or on Twitter at AnnaBrosCreative. Uh, check out the sister podcast on the website while you're there, and leave us a note if there's anything you want us to talk about in the future. Yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode and think you have a friend who might also like it, feel free to recommend it to that person, because that would be cool if we got a listener. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Bye. Bye.